Sean Graham, Scott alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, how you doing, man? Uh, wild and crazy week so far. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, watching along with the Scotties, and I have not played since the Scotties started, nor have you. Nor have I, no. A little strange. It does feel strange, right? It's uh, it's kind of a fun place to be uh, at, at the at the curling center while the game is on and, you know, people are watching Mm-hmm. Uh, after the game, but uh, we'll have to wait for the Briar for that. I will anyway. Yes. We're uh, playing I'm, again soon. I'm scheduled to play tonight. Yeah. What's interesting about the way our schedules are split, or at least interesting to me, is that normally I play twice a week and right now I have two consecutive Mondays off. And then once our Monday team starts again, I have two consecutive Thursdays off. So four straight weeks of only one game. So a bit of a break in the overall schedule for me, but no break for those people out there playing in Kamloops. Did I get that right? You got it. Okay. Kamloops. (laughs) Out in Kamloops at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. As we record this, there are two draws left here on thursday we're recording in between the morning draw and the afternoon draw which is late afternoon still for us here in ontario two draws left a lot has been decided though Uh, let's start particularly with pool b where rachel holman won this morning in her game against andrea kelly so pool b is fully set northern ontario krista mccarville they are through to the Friday night fun fest, which I think I'll call it. And Jennifer Jones and Rachel Homan will have to play tomorrow afternoon in the elimination crossover games. So that pool is completely set. Scott, Chris McCarville doesn't play today in just, you know, somebody had to have today off the way the schedule breaks. It happens to be them. I think it's a huge advantage for them that they got into the Friday night non-elimination game. I think going from, I mean, this is what we used to see all the time when the one, two game was Friday night, the team who won that would have the full day off, go to the final. It wasn't necessarily an advantage. So I think for them not have to have a full day off right into an elimination game works out well yeah. for them. Yeah, for sure. They, the way that the, the schedule breaks uh, helps them. You're right, because jumping into an elimination game when you haven't been on the ice, I mean, they'll have gone on the ice, right? They will have practiced, but uh, in a game setting for over a day, things can change. So being able to have that one game Friday night to sort of feel out how things are going uh, and and get the, the seating all set to, uh, won't be a bad thing for them. No, absolutely not. Uh, they, they will definitely benefit from that. And as we look now at the afternoon draw, just sort of the way it happened to break, not really a game to pick, Scott. It's all pool B and everything's kind of set. So there's not really much to pick from here. No, uh, not too too much to pick from this afternoon. I think they'll probably show... Oh, they they have have announced it's Manitoba against uh, New Brunswick. Okay. But it doesn't I mean, matter. Like it, it I, no. I guess it matters in a sense between 
Jones and Homan potentially. Uh, oh no, it doesn't because Jones beat Homan, right? So no, it does nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> this trial really doesn't matter in terms of the playoffs. No, not at all. Not at all. And Sean, I've been writing down the TV matchups on this yeah. trusty sheet of paper I have <laughs> here. So uh, we'll go into a full event uh, regression analysis uh, maybe next week. That's always fun too. I like analyzing the TV stuff. So yeah, Pool mm-hmm. B is set. It is cooled. Uh, Jennifer Jones is two. Rachel Holman is three. And they will cross over against Pool A, where the only thing set right now is that Carrie Anderson is through to the Friday Fun Fest. And everybody else, with the exception of Suzanne Burt, Robin Silvernagel, and Bridget McPhail, are still in the mix. Uh, so you got mm-hmm. Quebec, five and two. And then a group at four and three of Caitlin Laws, Clancy Grandy, Kayla Skrillick, and Christina Black. And the way the matchups go tonight, it is going to be BC against Alberta. That, I would imagine, has to be the feature game. And then Caitlin Laws, she is going to be playing against... I just had this. She's playing against Suzanne Burt. I don't know, Sean. I think they might show uh, Quebec and Nova Scotia. Yeah, that's true. Because... If Quebec comes down, Quebec could be eliminated because there's only going to be one tiebreaker matchup and Laurie St. George's draw shot challenge is not very good. So kind Mm -hmm. of a must, almost an elimination game for Quebec. Even if you look at the stage right now, you think, oh, they're in control. They're not really in control. They they have to win. Yeah, yeah. And if they lost, then Christina Black's team would be at five and three, as would be Quebec. And then they'd, one of the either... Uh, BC or Alberta will also be five and three yep. uh, and perhaps as well, Caitlin laws. So it uh, could be a big log jam there, but like you say, just one tiebreaker draw will happen tomorrow morning uh, and everybody else will be eliminated on it, It'll be head to head first amongst yeah. all the tied teams and then uh, draw shot challenge. Yeah. What would be interesting though, Scott, if there happens to be four teams at tied at three losses, which is possible, Mm-hmm. have two tiebreaker games that get you the spot. And I don't know how you figure it out. I don't know if there's a fair way to figure it out. But you could, in theory, do that. Two tiebreaker games for one spot? No, for the two spots. Because only, oh, yes, right? only Carrie Anderson would be through at that point. So you could yeah. potentially have two games go on simultaneously for the two spots. You could, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, one of your better ideas, Sean. Thank you. I don't think they will do it. So <laughs> that is the situation there in Pool A. So if, if you're not watching the afternoon game, you're not really missing much today in terms of playoff ramifications. It is Pool A tonight, uh, the late draw that has everything on the line in terms of playoffs. As we've gone through the week, Scott, we haven't obviously seen the playoffs yet. I continue to not like this format. And I, I don't think we talked about it that clearly on the preview but going from nine to three I, i'm okay with i just mm-hmm. it's the friday fun fest that i don't like that friday night try maybe it's because the ratings are lower on friday nights that they're like all right like i mean it matters but it doesn't fully matter like it just that draw just feels like a letdown that you go from potentially a tiebreaker in the morning elimination game in the afternoon to seating games yeah to like let's have fun everyone right yeah. and then I guess the teams that finish first in the pools get the advantage of the hammer and rock color in those games, yeah. but and not having to play an elimination them, game. They didn't like, yeah, true. That's an advantage. But then if they, if they lose them, then they're into the tougher path. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, 
I was uh, I, I was not clear on our preview show. Uh, I think you're right. We didn't really mention this format. Uh, we sort of talked about championship pool, but it's more yeah. uh, nine to three for seeding pool. So yeah, I don't uh, I don't like it either. I will say, Sean, we've been tough on curling Canada the last week, two weeks. Uh, I will say that they made a good call in shuffling the pools so that uh, people aren't playing split days all the time. Uh, So kudos on that. Plus it's allowed for like, frankly, if you had pool A and pool B games always going on at the same time together, I think we would have we would have seen enough of Carrie Anderson by <laughs> this time in the week. Like yeah. th- there's no way that they wouldn't be featured in almost every game, but it's uh, sort of given the the broadcasters a little bit more leeway in what to choose for a TV game and uh, curling Canada's Instagram feed has been really fun. There so kudos on that too. Yeah, I believe that's Danielle Inglis. I'm, I'm assuming that's Danielle Inglis who's doing that this week because I know she's out there. So probably her doing all that. It might be Kyle too, but uh, all good. It's yeah. uh, it's all fun. Yeah, so I agree with the split. I know the players didn't like it when it was like A draws, B draws because they didn't really see yeah. each other interact much. So I'm sure it's more fun for the players as well. And certainly for TV, it makes it a little more dynamic that there's different things going on. There's more to talk about in terms of playoff ramifications as we've gone through the week mm-hmm. because the, the two different pools are on at the same time. So yeah, I, I do like that part of it. I don't know how much the players feel like splits are terrible compared to back-to-backs. Like you saw it a little bit with, was it Kayla Skrillick yesterday? She makes, or no, excuse me, Clancy Grandy. She makes an insane shot in the afternoon draw in her last one to steal the yeah. victory. And then she has to come out, you know, 80 minutes later and throw it. And they talked about it in the broadcast that the, the Joe in particular said that's really hard to do. Like a, a big shot, a huge moment, especially as a rookie at this event. And then you go probably scarf down some like chicken and rice or whatever they have in the back there mm-hmm. and come out and play again. It's, it's, that's really hard to do. It's hard to do, but at the same time, the split days are also hard to do in, in a different sense. Like, what do we do? for that huge amount of time, right? We're, we go back rest, then we got to get geared up again. Like it's either way. It's tough for sure. But, but my feeling is that more players came out in favor of playing back to backs vice the split days. So uh, that's why they're trying it. I have no reporting on that, uh, but that's my sense. But yeah, I agree that the the schedule has been more engaging this way, uh, for sure, as a as a fan. And we have seen some really good TV matchups. Last I saw, I don't know if you've done the math there, Scott. I think twelve teams have been featured. Is that roughly right? Yes. Okay, because we could probably count. So Nunavut, no. Is that the only team in that pool? Is Robin? I don't think Robin Silvernagel's got one yet. She doesn't have a full one, but they, they switched switch. over to her halfway through the Northwest Territories Manitoba game. Yeah. And then Yukon and Newfoundland and Labrador have not. That's uh, right. Uh, did Casey Scheidegger get one? No. And did Carrie Galusha start as a feature at any point? Yeah, against Jennifer Jones on Tuesday morning. Okay. 
So that's pretty good then. That's 13 teams on a rough count. It's pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I I think we talked about this last year too, but uh, I think TSN maybe has like a little crush on the uh, Crystal McCarvel team. They're on a lot. a lot. And to be fair, they're really good. So it makes sense. Uh, but they, they do get featured uh, quite a bit. Not in the last two days though. So. Uh, Maybe because they were so good, they stayed away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, their schedule was such, too, that there are bigger games, harder games, if you will, were early in the week. Like, they started That's with right. Jones. Their third game was Holman. And then yeah. they had Kelly, so defending bronze medalist there. So those games were kind of stacked. Or the last three were Kerry Galusha, Haley Burney, Stacey Curtis. Yeah. So just the, the way and they were stacked. they were featured against uh Wildcard 3. Yes, against Megan Walter and as well. I I had circled in my notes why was that not uh Christina Black against Carrie Anderson? Mm. But uh the game ended up being okay. So. Yeah. So it's got that that does lead us to a couple themes that I think have emerged uh, outside yeah. of just the TV conversation so far this week. The first of which it I think a lot of the discussion is centered around the McCarvel team that I've seen, maybe because they've been on TV so much, but this is something that I've been seeing more and more. Just watch that Rachel Holman victory. And they talked about it with Emma Miskew, of course, being a former back end player, Jill brothers, a former skip playing second that we're seeing more and more. I don't even want to say the inclusion of the front end, but the front ends being more, I don't vocal? know. I, I don't know what the right word is, but they're they're being more vocal in terms of their preferences on strategy, and I'm seeing uh, this across the, the teams. And I will say mm-hmm. that this is a pet peeve of mine when I play. So my feeling is now this is as a rec player whose main concern is just pace of play. That if you're in the front end, play front end, and if you want to skip, go skip. It's my position as a player and as someone who plays front end that I really don't offer anything unless I'm asked or I try not yeah. to, right? Yeah. Now, this is a totally different level and I absolutely get it. These people are much better than me. But when you see routinely in the 10th end, teams are starting to have to rush a little bit or Krista McCarvel, for instance, I think she was down to 80 seconds at one point. She did have her two timeouts, so they had managed the time in that sense. But mm-hmm. it makes me wonder, is the frequency of the front end contributing to strategy discussions entirely beneficial, or is it better if they pick their spots more judiciously than I feel like has been happening so far this week? That's interesting. I, Yeah, I wonder if we looked at the amount of time remaining on everyone's play clocks. Mm. Uh, what the data would find uh, action item for me. <laughs> so uh, that, that might be, that might be it. And, you know, if we keep seeing this be an issue, I, I don't think it'll ever end up where somebody loses the game because their front end no. is, is talking too much no. because it's the front end's job to watch the clock too. Right. Right. But yeah, maybe, maybe that's why. And maybe it's the, everybody is getting better, right? Like everybody is better at strategy now than they were 10 years ago, even sure. Right. Like everybody on the team is more engaged. So 
may, maybe that's why. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, but I, I like, I, I'm kind of with you, right? Like just play and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Cause where, where we don't really see it much is with Carrie Anderson's team and they all used to be skips, but for the yeah. most part, Carrie puts the broom down and they throw it and they make it. And through a bunch of other teams, I, I don't want to single any one team out because it seems to be happening mm-hmm. a lot where the, the front end players are really vocal and saying, oh, no, let's do this. And almost vetoing the skip at times, which seems strange. Yeah, but some sometimes, you know, it's not, it's the skip didn't see something or the skip was deciding between two things. They chose one, but we're really 50-50 on it. Right. Like, and we're like, eh, okay, we can try this other one. That was my other thought. If you like it better, sure. Yeah, that's always my favorite when they yell down like, oh, let's do this. And the skip's like, no, if we do this, this. And they're like, oh, whatever you like. Well, then it, like, it wasn't whatever you it like. It wasn't whatever like, you come like. Come on. <laughs> so th- that's just something I think to keep an eye on because you don't want to rush those late ends. And that's really, I think, the bigger concern, right? That if you have too much discussion early in the game in that front half, you are going to have to rush in that back half. And yet you can certainly lose a game in the first half for sure, right? It's it's certainly Mm -hmm. possible if you make a wrong decision. So it's not to minimize the strategy or or decision-making process in the front half. But you just don't want to do that at the expense of having a time in the second half. No, no, that's true. At the same time, if you have a, a situation where discussing it could lead to you, you know, getting three or four, yeah. then it's absolutely worth taking the time because maybe you don't even need that time at the end of the game. Right. So yeah. I, I can see both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly this is something to keep an eye on to at the briar as well. Cause this is something that I, this is, I think newer at the Scotties. This is something we've seen at the briar for a while and I've disliked mm-hmm. it then. And with them and there are certain teams that are no longer teams that I'm not upset that I don't have to listen to them uh, on the men's side next week uh, the way we had to in the past. So, yeah, but also Sean, like a lot of these teams are new, right? So they're working out a bit, their communication uh, style. So it's, it sort of makes sense that it, they would still be sort of developing that rapport where a team like Kerry Anderson has, you know, three championships in a row. They've got their routine, their rhythms, down pat yeah and again totally different level from us so you know i can't really hold my standard of what a front-end player should do to people who are at a national championship so yeah it's just me but scott you mentioned scoring big ends uh there have been a lot of those uh points Mm. points points this is the at midnight of Scotty's where it's just points, points, <laughs> points. Uh, so uh, we did the math before we started to record here last year over the course of the Scotties, there were 12.72 points per game scored this year. So far through 72 games, it is up to 14.23. So a point and a half more being scored per game. It's just crazy out there that you're seeing twos and threes, fours. There was a seven yesterday which i would just say too full credit to bridget mcphail like play aggressively just go for it don't worry like you give up a seven yeah. you give up a five you go whatever you're like if you're gonna lose lose in a blaze of glory i say uh so good on her for playing aggressor through that whole end uh it does end up giving the seven a bunch of fives as well it, it's points galore and even if you're scoring those i believe kayla skrillick scored 
four or five against Caitlin Laws, still lost the game, uh, which has mm-hmm. been unheard of in the past few years. There's a lot of reasons why points could be up. No tick rule. The ice has been a little different. I don't want to say funky, but different from what a lot of these players might be used to in an arena setting. We'll talk about that in a second. Hmm. I think it's pretty entertaining to have more points on the board, Scott, but what do you think? Yeah, it's very entertaining, and I I 100% think the tick rule is uh, the reason for this, right? Uh, We're seeing many, many ends, starting with one in the house, corner guard, uh, another one in the house, or just tight, go behind the corner guard, then another center guard. And so that, I guess that's five rock rule. But then the other one is, is getting those rocks on the center line for the team that's trying to steal. Yeah. Uh, it makes the 10th ends that are tied and the extra ends so much more exciting and interesting. And the shot making ability, it, like the level goes up a notch, right? When you have to make softer weight come arounds especially on the ice where the the weight is so important to what the rock is going to do. Like if you overthrow it a little bit, it's not going to curl up. Uh, so yeah, I think it's been great. Uh, much more exciting to watch than we've seen the last few years. And fewer blanks. And even when you did have a blank today, for instance, I think Rachel Holman made a triple or something. And yeah, right. And yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't like it when the second makes a triple and then it's just run up and down for the next uh, eight, eight rocks. But that was yeah. fine. Like so, you you are seeing a lot of points being scored, and there are mistakes being made. Obviously, because mistakes are made in every curling game, all the like in every event, all the time. But I feel like we're seeing fewer wide open misses than potentially in other events, and and that speaks to the caliber of play. I would say that when you look over on the updates, teams that would traditionally have more mistakes. Nunavut, Yukon, for instance, you're not seeing that as much. Like Bridget McPhail is making more shots. Again, this is yeah. selective on what they're showing us. Same with Haley Burney. I mean, she scored, she has multiple threes so far. Yeah. She took Rachel home into the 10th end. Like they're, they're playing more competitively than they have in the past. And it's mm-hmm. wonderful to see. And it's contributing to more points being scored. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking at the blank ends here. And like Ontario and Caitlin Laws have eight blank ends each, but that's by far the most. Most right. teams have two or three. It's great. So, yeah, if you're not blanking ends, it's because you're scoring, right? So, yeah. no, I think it's been really good. And like you say, like full credit to uh, to Yukon for just putting those rocks in play and and like you say, making it interesting. It's kind of like what we do at the rec level is like, all right, uh, let's just put rocks in play and see what happens. happens. Maybe we can get one miss. And if not, maybe we can sneak something in, but yeah, no, uh, definitely scoring's up. And I think it's to the benefit of, uh, of the fans, Sean, I've been watching a lot of the games uh, on like double or triple speed through my, my DVR and the amount of ends where I've just like kept going because, Oh, it's hit, 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 hit. I can count like on less than yeah. one hand. So uh, it's made it more challenging to watch them all, <laughs> but uh, definitely more exciting. Yeah, definitely been a lot more fun. Uh, no question about it. And I'll say too about Haley Bernie. Line of the week for me on the hot mic, 
She missed her last shot in the 10th inning against Rachel Holman. So Rachel Holman had a wide open hit to win. And Haley Bernie yeah. says, I, I hear she's prone to flashing. <laughs> 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 Just, you know, hold out hope, you know. A little, little tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah. There, <right>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, another thing that's been really fun, or at least I think it's been fun. We've had some crazy measurements so far this week. So yeah. So a really... lot of like no decisions, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the there's been eight. I've seen one tie for sure. There's been a lot that have been multiple times around. The craziest one was Team Canada against uh, Caitlin Laws, I, I believe, where they yeah. went around. The first official said it was Team Wildcard. Wildcard. And then... Val Sweden said, are you sure? They brought in a second official who said, no, it was Team Canada. And I'll say, when I was looking at it on the first pass, I thought, yeah, it's Team Canada. And I was yeah, stunned when he goes, it's red. I'm like, wait, what? And then he's like, yeah. well, it's either a tie or it's red. And I'm like, what? This is not, what is this, the schoolyard? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? And I was thinking, Scott, I, I made a lot of jokes. And even when I made a bingo card once of, the officials had blocking the micrometer on the measure. Maybe they need to block the micrometer because then they can see it. Like if they're not looking straight down at it hmm. because they're aware that the camera is above them, maybe that is causing some of the issue. I don't know, but I've never seen so many multiple times around <laughs> in an event as we have this week. Yeah, no, you're right. It's crazy. And, and uh, the one you were talking about, Laura Walker said, so like, so the head official came out to measure and she said, so because he said it was red twice <laughs> and you said it was Canada once, like that's what happens. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. There was one this morning too. There was uh, or maybe it was a game I was watching on the replay from, uh, from last night, but yeah, yeah. So many weird measurements. <laughs> yeah. And I think what, I think the officials might've been told to not let your head block the Maybe. camera uh because i haven't seen it at all uh this week we we talked to somebody about the laser right about why we can't use the laser yeah curling canada tweeted that the micrometer is more accurate to to a, to a closer degree than the laser is yeah and because like the laser could hit maybe a small pit on yeah. the rock or something and and it would be different so yeah yeah, but uh, I don't know. It, let's just agree on something and maybe well, maybe have the micrometer be digital rather than analog. Yeah, th I think that probably is a good solution to it. Uh, but also, if the laser isn't that, like if it's less accurate, should we really be eliminating teams we... on it potentially? Yeah. I mean, I realize the difference isn't going to come down to that level. It's it's yeah. multiple centimeters that it's going to be the difference, but it it did seem weird where they're like curling Canada tweets out, oh, it's not as accurate, but also we're going to eliminate teams using it. I'm like, wait, what? What are, what are, uh, what are we doing here, weird. man? Yeah, but the measures have been fun. Like people tend For to sure. not like when officials are involved in stuff. Well, this is enjoyable though. Yeah, and and I think the officials have all been uh, really good sports, and yeah, you know, talking to the players and saying, listen, like it looks pretty pretty similar they call different people in they reset the micrometer like so the players aren't like angry at the officials but they're still getting some uh some time yeah it's pretty good yeah this isn't like mark kennedy at the briar in 2020 
where the official the official just did a bad measure uh, yeah. and he called it like it was it this is much different so uh, i've really enjoyed the measurements uh, another thing that i think has been very noticeable on tv been a little frosty out there and it's really visible frost but from all accounts the ice is holding up they've talked a lot about the different type of pebbling that they might be doing mm-hmm. where the speed is holding up through the course of the game, which is a lot of fun to see. I think that instead of really sliding down, cause Scott, uh, you know, in the slide path after two practices and uh, 10 ends, it can really get worn down there. I don't know if that's ever come up uh, on the broadcast before, but huh. it, it's, it's nice to see that the speed is, is holding up through the course of the game and that mm-hmm. you don't need the major adjustment late in the game that if you have draw weight throughout, it seems like it's going to hold up through the 10th end. We'll see if that changes with bigger crowds, hopefully bigger crowds over the course of the weekend with only one, once we get to one sheet as well. But you know more about the science of the ice than I do. What are you thinking about how the players are talking about it, how it's holding up and whether or not the visual of the frost is actually having any impact? Yeah, I think the visual is a lot more misleading than what's actually happening. Uh, on the ice the pebble is holding up like you said such that the speed is not dramatically different from one from the start of the game to the end what you're seeing on the tv with the frost is is staying like underneath the layer of the pebble so like the rocks are still gliding well on top of the pebble and what you're seeing is sort of in between the pebble where you can see it which is why like it looks so different where the play has happened versus way, way out on the wings. So I think if you get like way outside, like, like outside half of the 12 foot, uh, maybe you'd see some uh, effect on the rock, but within the normal playing parameters, uh, things have been pretty straight or not straight, but uh, pretty well held up through all the games. And yeah, it's a bit of an illusion what you see on TV. Yeah, I would say the ice seems a little straight. Like they're throwing outside edge of eight foot for draws to the button, where typically yeah. in arena events we're seeing mid twelve foot and sometimes outside twelve foot. So it looks like they're getting about four feet on draws when it's going well. And a lot of the hits yeah, maybe are a bit more. Straight. Maybe a bit more. It depends depending on the exact path, right? But uh yeah. I, I think it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, no complaints from the players, which is always good to see. Certainly there's patches and stuff. And in the game today, both teams were talking about a rut on one side of the ice potentially. So that that comes up over the course of the week. But overall, it, it seems like it has held up quite nicely. And then the final thing, Scott, for me is it's certainly not the end of the week. We have to see what happens over the weekend. But I don't know if I owe Joy and Courtney an apology I think CBC owes Joanne Courtney an apology. She's really good. Uh, she's, she's been great. She's been really, really good. And yeah. uh, she's adding the front end perspective, which we haven't had for a long time. She has done, I think, a really good job in the games where they've had Rachel Holman on using the knowledge of how they do things without feeling like she's rooting for her friends, which she could very well be. And I don't think anyone would be necessarily mad if on a personal level she wants her friends to win yeah but it's been a really good broadcast it's been a really good 
addition to the team and having her go in there and not be with Vic all the time too. I, I don't like this development, by the way. I, Brian's great. We all like Brian. Vic's back this afternoon. Okay. For the game that doesn't matter. I know. Uh, so, uh, so, and again, you if at this point, Vic has earned his afternoons off if, if that's what he wants. Yeah. But to also have to go then between two different lead play-by-play people in an environment where you're working with all new people. She's never worked with Russ before or Kathy before, mm-hmm. the crew as well. She's done a really good job sliding right in there, and it's been a, a wonderful addition, I think. Yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff that she's offered with respect to like the team communication yeah. uh, things. She, like, she's brought up some things with Team McCarvel, I think, saying – Oh, like usually Kendra would be going to stand with Krista. So she'd be able to tell her about how she threw, but since she's not, uh, maybe she wasn't getting the same information and, right. and threw heavy on a, on a shot. Right. So like really interesting uh, tidbits that, that stood out to me. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we're not going to anoint her as the best uh, curling announcer ever because Tony Romo was really good at the beginning and I think has regressed a bit, but no, she's been amazing. Like uh great. No notes. Amazing. Uh, absolutely. She's been really, really great uh, for sure. And I mean, you got to do it for another 20 years to get to Linda Moore territory. Of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but yeah, she's been a, a really solid addition to the booth for sure. And now the question is, cause they only announced her for this. They didn't announce anything for the Briar. And again, she does have a full-time job where, and an important job too, not like a job that like you and I, you know, it's, yeah. you know, so, you know, she, she helps people. So uh, as a nurse, so I don't know what the actual practicalities are for her, but certainly I would not object to her being at this point, object to her being uh, at the Briar and potentially full, the, this full-time filler of that seat. Yeah. So, Anything else from the the Scotties, Scott? I'm trying to think. Uh, it's it's been fun seeing sort of the the younger teams play and uh, get some airtime. The the uh, wildcard three uh, team, whatever they're being called now, Abby Ackland or I think it's fully Megan Walters at this point. It's fully Megan Walters yeah. team. Okay, they've been uh, pretty fun to watch. Very up and down, uh, which. It is going to happen in, in your first big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fun to watch Jennifer Jones being like reinvigorated by yeah. this young team. It, I think Glenn Howard had a quote that it was like, he was seeing vintage Jennifer Jones out there this week. And yeah, she's, uh, she's like really into it, energized, communicating with the rest of the team. Like uh, really good. I, I thought she would take some games off. She hasn't eh? not that I'm aware of. No. So, uh, I, yeah, I thought she might sit maybe today, maybe. Yeah, you know? today's game potentially, but I think they had a full day off too. Maybe that changed oh, okay. their, their math. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I just thought she might because she's Jennifer Jones and can do whatever she wants. But uh, no, I, I've uh, enjoyed all the teams uh, watching everybody. Uh, Robin Silvernagel, tough week. Uh, PEI, tough week. Uh, but they've been in a lot of the games. So like, uh, it's not like they've been getting blown out uh, every every game. And yeah, huge uh, win for Yukon and Haley Burney in her, her first Scotty's win. So yeah. congrats there. I, I, I think it's been fun. I'm excited for the weekend. 
and uh looking to looking forward to that championship game on sunday yeah absolutely and uh let me just correct myself they did not have a full day off so okay uh, they haven't played since yesterday morning so they've had 27 oh. hours between games or whatever it is but yeah so she's gonna play you would think so yeah keep yeah. uh keep it fresh uh and keep things going i i i've noticed this for a while i don't think we've ever talked about it in the show I, one of my favorite visuals in curling is when jennifer jones throws and she stays crouched and puts her hand like sort of leans her elbow on her knee and then kind of watches it and like yeah it's sort of it's almost like hmm like what's gonna happen like it's the thinker pose yeah, uh, like it's a. I've never seen anybody else do that. I think it's just a wonderful visual of her just being like, "Hmm, what's going to happen?" Or like, or I just think of her just being like, "Yeah, I, I'm going to make it." I'm Jennifer. I'm yeah. Jennifer F. Jones. Yeah, damn right. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, a lot of fun so far this week. Coming in to the weekend, of course, probably. I, I don't know if there's a scenario where there's no tiebreaker game tomorrow. I would think that that's probably locked in stone at this point that there's going to be one uh i guess if let me let me look at the uh schedule like if laurie saint for tonight wins caitlin laws loses and christina black loses well if laurie saint george wins then she's in christina black will have lost right then yeah if uh, laws loses they'll both be four and four and then the winner of uh bc and alberta we'll will get, get the okay. last spot so yeah there's a way that there would be no okay. tiebreakers but i think it's unlikely well we know which way kathy goche is rooting uh, <laughs> give that give her a break let her sleep <laughs> so there you go that's uh, the setup here as we sit thursday afternoon will be a very very fun weekend and we will be with you following the event uh, we are going to record monday or the plan is potentially to record Monday. Some logistical issues might yes. get in the way, but the plan will be to record Monday. Get that out Monday night. So do subscribe if you have not yet. Everywhere you get your podcasts, likes, rates, comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show. Of course, you can follow along with everything we got going on on social media at Game of Stones Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Game of Stones Podcast on Facebook, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out and head on over to Game of Stones Pod.com. Of course, you can head over to the Instagram page as well. The contest what are we calling it is it a contest is it a, a draw what are we do what did we name it uh i called it a giveaway okay yeah giveaway i like that we're doing a giveaway of a painting of ilsa craig which is where they mine all of the granite for curling rocks a wonderful painting by our friend daniel who's an artist over in scotland so head on over to the instagram page and enter that there's still time as we record this and release it head on over there we will pick a winner at some point on the weekend and we will announce that on monday's show yes yes and uh it's a print of a of a painting it's not an actual painting but uh it's still beautiful and lovely and uh would look nice in anyone's home well you know that for for a fact because you have one i do yeah and i have the exact one that we're giving away just up on my shelf there. there it's uh, great to look at. Yeah. So uh, do head on over to Game of Stones Pod Instagram page and enter for that. And as I said last time, last time we will cover the cost of getting it to you as well. Yes, so don't we uh, don't let that inhibit you from entering the the giveaway. So with that, Scott, safe travels this weekend. We're both on the road. 
Yeah, you do. And uh, enjoy yourself. You're going somewhere where I believe it's uh, much colder than where I'm going. Are you nervous? Uh, no, I'm not nervous at all. It's uh, it's not going to be that cold. It'll be, but it'll be warmer than here. Actually, warmer oh. than Ottawa. Okay, so yeah, that's good. Now your friend is coming from BC, who you're meeting. That's right. How's he going to do? Oh, uh, he runs hot, so you'll be fine. <laughs> All I'm right. trying to decide. I'm trying to decide to take my parka or to take my spring coat and layer. Mm. It's really a tough uh, decision. So yeah, I'll give an update on that on Monday. All right. Well, good luck to you, Scotty. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the playoffs, everybody. We'll be back with you to wrap it all up on Monday. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.